My fault, my failure, is not in the passions I have, but in the lack of control of them. Jack Kerouac. Bending, not breaking. A Patreon exclusive. And we're back with another Patreon exclusive. Back again for Patreon. And an episode of Bending Not Breaking. And episode of Bending Not Breaking. It's another Max's Choice. It's a Max's Choice. Max. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. Well, I've always been here. This is always. He's going to talk more. I like that. Yeah, me too. I'm Sunshine. This is Ben. And we just introduced Max. Say hello, Max. Hello, this Max. Is, this is your show now. No, I hope not. <laughs> what did we watch this month, Max? This month we watched a Jack Black film. Gulliver's Travels. That's the direction I was <laughs> I was trying to head. But no, we watched his his probably his best film. Shallow Hal. You want to talk about problematic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watched School of Rock. I like that. School of Rock. Mm-hmm. Can't stop it. Can't stop. Listen to the shindig. Different band. All right. Well, Whoa. yeah, so we watched School of Rock, which is because it's great. It, it is a good movie. Yeah, it's wonderful. Nothing problematic in this movie. Nope. We're going to sail through. Came out just a few weeks after my bar mitzvah. Oh. 2013. Well. Nope. 2003. 12, 12, 2012. There you go. 2003. He was 13. Max turned 13 in 2003. Oh, 12 years old. Are we? Or is okay, that? Is yeah. that? That's fine with you just to announce my age on this podcast? I'm not wow. Giving away your social. You're so old. Yeah, but like by knowing what year I was born. His birthday's in July also. Wow. <laughs> Probably not give out any other information. Why not the day? Do, or, is your password based off your birthday? Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, School of Rock. Yeah. You know what I'm really excited about? What? Max is going to recap the School of Rock. The whole thing. The whole movie. 30 seconds. Like, all of it in 30 seconds. If he really wanted it, he could even have a minute if he was going to do the whole nah, movie. Nah, I got no. this in 30. You got the whole movie? All of it? Yep. Neb Schneebly was a man on a mission. Ned, Ned, Ned. I'm Neb. Ned. Okay, there's difference, okay? And away we go. Dewey Finn is a man on a mission. <laughs> it's, it's never going to end. He that was 10 seconds. is passionate <laughs> about rock music. And All he believes that it is not about the money you make, but about the music itself. And when he is forced to leave his band, he is on the lookout for a brand new band. Little does he know, he's going to end up in a situation left. where he <laughs> finds some unexpected bandmates. And stop. You know you're not giving like... <sighs> You're not teasing the movie. You're like you're supposed literally to be recapping the movie. Literally, no, this is what's going to make people. You're not, you're not supposed to read the poster of the movie. This is what's going to make people want to listen to the rest of the episode. Is it? We we got to cover the whole recap so we can talk about moments that we've. So like everyone knows the plot. People know that again. I, I said this last month. 
if people haven't seen School of Rock to this point, that there's a there's a statute of limitations here, where where the expectation I have is that people have seen the movies, and if they're going to listen to the Max's Choice episode, just go ahead and watch the movie ahead expectation of time. Expectation was the lens last just, month. Max. Just go ahead. We hey, have a different expectation. Patrons, now. patrons, pause the episode if you have not yet seen School of Rock. Go watch School of Rock and then tune in to the rest of this episode. Thank you very much. At the time of recording, it's available on HBO Max. 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 Anyways. Yeah. He said our lens. Did he? Yeah. Ooh. He said, During the recap. I was Dewey, very intentional. Dewey Finn has a... Oh, is that the face you were making? Passion. A passion for rock music. Actually, he said Dewey Finn is passionate about rock music. I did hear it. Ben is technically correct that that is how I said it, but it's the same anything. root word. So we're talking about passion today. Yeah. And not the soap, not the soap opera or the fruit. Ooh, I like passion fruit. I mean, we can talk about it if you want. It's pretty good. You were pretty upset last month when we went off topic, but no, no, I was upset because every time we went off topic, it was while I was mid. Ben, what does passion idea. mean to you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's more of a big it's more feelings. Of a, it's more of a feeling than a than a definition. You know, what is this feeling? Yeah, pa- passion. So sudden and new passion. I felt the moment. I laid eyes on you. Yeah, anyways. Uh, strong and barely controllable controllable emotion. Is that is barely controllable in the definition? Mm-hmm. Strong and barely controllable oh, emotion. Oh, that's interesting. I the next Jack... definition is the suffering and death of Jesus. Those are the, the only passion, two. passion, yeah. Good. Two... What, really? Yeah. yeah. It's Yikes. called the passion of Christ, yeah. I've heard of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called that because. <laughs> huh. Yeah. No lie, they are trying to make a second, a sequel. They are trying to make a sequel what? to Passion of the Christ. That was, are you kidding me? What, what, what is the, like, is that just. Who is they? That's Mel Gibson. <laughs> no! I agree. No! Passion 2, Judgment Day. I don't, like, oh, what no! happened, how far, I haven't seen Passion of the Christ. Neither have I, but like. I saw no! it when I was 13 or 14 or whatever. Like, does it get into the alleged resurrection and all of this? Um, I don't. Is that what the, the sequel is going to be? I watched it once when and and felt very very deep things because it was a very graphic movie. Yeah. Um, and I went with my Sunday school class. Ooh, love that, mm-hmm. love that, love that. Yeah, that's great. That's and great. And so, um, I don't, I don't remember the end. This might be why I'm going into spiritual trauma. This is actually a... one of those uh, one of those perfect movies that I was gifted. Perfect. Later. I went to perfect. New York. Maybe, hear me out. The word perfect was, um. It was sarcasm. Uh, oh, right? okay, so, okay, 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 um, okay, okay. It was gifted to me as if someone thought that I would put that DVD on ever again in my life. Like, at what <laughs> moment? <laughs> like, at what moment do you sit there and go, you know what I'm in the mood for? A rewatch of Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. It never left the rapper ever. Mm. Yeah. So. My Sunday school class. I'm of the Jewish persuasion, and we once took a, a trip to New York, and we saw Hairspray on Bar- Broadway. The quintessential Jewish experience. <laughs> and our Sunshine chaperones lost lost his water. Our chaperones, our chaperones, <laughs> the wrong pipe. our chaperones had a bit too much to drink at the theater, and like we're trying to get headcounts on the subway back to the hotel, and we're struggling. Yikes! Yeah. So, I, passions really. It's I've never felt more Jewish than the, the, that experience. Like, it was incredible. Passion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I, I, 
I've never associated passion with an uncontrollable sensation. I, I think passion and uncontrollable are like overwhelming passion seems uncontrollable. Barely but, controllable. Yeah, mm, I still don't love that. I, I don't know if that's the definition that I like the most. There are others, but you know, I'm just throwing that out there sure. as, as a concept. Yeah. So anyway, if deep what are you, feeling deep, deepness, deep feeling. Yeah. That's I, I, I strong feelings. Also I think another that way Jack Black it. as Dewey Finn does a good, when he is passionate about things, <gasps> it is evident. He is pretty uncontrolled in what his, I, you know what I love about Jack Black and Dewey Finn is that the passion is embodied. It be, his whole body manifests his passion. I think it's really beautiful. Like there's so much joy. Like when he's teaching them, like he is like getting like full body into it, and that's just really rare, rare quality in people, much less in musicians even. Like to to let it fully overwhelm your body, that's just a beautiful release. I think it's a what a great model for kids. Ironically, this movie's so good. I agree. There are things that Jack Black's character does that are wrong. Things? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the point. But there are so many things that he does Max right. Gets so so, there are so many things that he does right with these kids. There are. But yeah. but like like on accident. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. That's no, right. But part of it's just his personality, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Just this idea of uh the first one that comes into head uh into my head was this idea of he's assigning all of the the band roles mm, mm-hmm. and, he, a... and he gives Billy a role and Billy immediately says, I want to be the band stylist. That's what I'm passionate about. And Jack Black just looks at him. Do he goes absolutes, absolutely fancy pants. Let's do it. Right. Like this, this idea of like, you want to do this, you're passionate about it. Run with it. Let's go. And I appreciate that he does that. Well, and so many, I don't love nicknames, but so I many do appreciate other that. experiences for children. What do we call classrooms. you on this show? I don't love nicknames that aren't accepted, accepted or chosen. Hmm, that's mm, ironic yep. coming from you. Based ben, on a conversation. Ten years ago, I've grown as a person. <laughs> uh, uh, hmm. I have not grown. I'm still inhibited by that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I, I think that one of the things that's really important there is he starts out like in his own passion, right? He is, okay, these are the five kids that I need, okay? And, like, and then there's this question that prompts, and I think it's really intentional for me i thought it was but you mean we're not in the band and and dewey having been kicked out of a band knows what it's like to not be in the band and he's like no i am passionate about making sure that everybody has a place i love it i love that moment and i agree and then he proceeds to everyone get like he comes up with these jobs when they come up with jobs he's like let's let's do it and so other teachers and other people Often in jobs and things like that, when that kind of creativity is is thriving, people shut it down rather than just embrace it and let it happen. There need, there's this magical thing that happens when purpose and passion come together, in these, and you see it in this moment, right? There's a yeah. purpose, there's a goal, there's something you want to get done, and it matches the passion of the individual students that are, that are in that group. Those kids get super excited about soundproofing the classroom. Those kids get super excited about security measures and yeah. and spy cameras and making sure that they can do that. And and they are jazzed. Every single one of them is jazzed about it eventually. Like well, and every everybody has that. their place. I right, think it is right? such a cool talent or trait when somebody can 
be passionate about something, but then inspire that passion in others. It, yeah, and like, obviously, Dewey Finn is an expert of rock music and what it means to be a rock star and what like what it is to be a rocker. Well, what, but not I, just to know that inside of his own head, but then to be okay. 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. every morning. We're doing history of rock. And, like, you see his lesson plan. Dude, like, let's talk about that and for a minute. And they jazz up about it. Like, the, the exactly. It's one of those things where it's one, like, a music teacher, there's no way they get amount, that amount of joy and interest from those kids. Well, but because he is so passionate, he's they an become expert. more passionate, and right? Because he's so passionate, he's an expert on it, which then, you know, we're going to get to the, like, obviously we're going to talk about this a lot more. But at the very end of the movie, they have this moment of, oh, we're going to play this song instead of this song. Yeah. And because he's taught, he's been so passionate about it and taught his expertise, he's now got kids in his classroom who are like, oh, you're asking me to create a brand new light show in the moment. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, and you can do it because I've seen like what you can do because I've taught you this and I know that you're, you have taken my lessons and expanded upon them and like you're going to be great Absolutely. at this. But yeah. they're, all, they're also more engaged. They're more engaged as students and as people when those things come together because they're seen. They're seen for what they are excited Absolutely. about. And they are given avenues to navigate and explore those things that they're passionate I mean, about. I look back at my school experience and all of the, the classes that I loved, I loved more when my teacher was excited about what they were teaching. And I really – like there were times when I loved math. And there were times when I was just like, this is the worst because all we did was busy work and the teacher was never like, just, they weren't excited to teach their lesson. But I took pre-calculus with someone who was like Mr. D, he was awesome. Like he went into these and he was like smiling and laughing about all of these like, you know, pre-cal thing. And I was like, what are you like? And I just, I loved that class. And it was, wasn't that I loved pre-calculus, but I loved learning from him. And so I began to love pre-calculus. It was just one of those things where like, I I'm I spent zero time in math after that, but like <laughs> it's one of those. Th I just I am more willing to learn from someone who is passionate than from someone who is not. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, so what's the takeaway lesson? Be passionate. Well, what if yeah? But what if <laughs> what if you're not trying to teach, right? Like, what if teaching is not your calling? I think it's also being willing to um, take on other people's passions and like. These kids were super, once they got to know Dewey a little bit, they were super receptive to him being passionate. I, I think that Tamika is a great example of she was questioning herself and didn't have a ton of confidence Very in the shy, beginning of the yeah. movie. And then she was able to be inspired by Dewey Finn's passion for it. And he, she was like, you know what? Yeah. No, I, I want to, I'm passionate about singing. I want, I now want to be one of the backup singers. And so being willing to take on other people's passion and and deliver it in your own way uh, is, I think, really powerful, too. Well, I think another thing that played into Tamika's being willing to be so uh, herself on stage was this moment talking around body positivity with, with Dewey, right, where she's worried about how she looks. And he goes, like, I'm chubby. I feel great on stage, and here's why. I, no one matters when you're on stage. It, it, he said it better than I'm articulating now. I like, like to eat. <laughs> yeah, and, like he, like, he, like, he says a lot of really important things that are, I think, just go unwritten or, like, just really just unappreciated, rather. And so I just think that that moment was really big because, like, again, it's reinforcing beauty expectations on people. And he's like, nah. Don't worry about that. 
and not from a place of like don't worry about that it doesn't matter but like no this is me i experienced this too and we can get through this and so it was one of those things where like i just thought that that conversation was really powerful and that probably led to her feeling more passion on stage so uh, passion's contagious that's that I, I think we're hearing that and then but uh, and also this idea of when you find people what they're passionate about they're more likely to be successful in those moments or be excited and so regardless of if it's in our workforce or with the team that we're working with or even in our families letting people explore their passions even when it comes to responsibilities around the house or responsibilities in the way that we engage with each other how do we find ways to allow people to be passionate and, and explore those passions in those things mm. um Specifically, I think of work teams, right? Like if I have someone who's really passionate about creating programming for uh, after schools programs and that's what drives them and another staff member who's really passionate about training and coaching staff, why would I try to force both of them to do equal parts of that? As opposed to letting people live into the roles that excite them and give them passion so that everything can be successful. Well, and I, and I love that his homework is not everybody do this. It's, hey, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. Everybody has homework that is specific to them, right? And so who wants to do homework that everybody's doing just because for the sake of doing it? No, his homework is intentional, right? And so what I'm hearing from that and what I'm learning from that is that when we're passionate and we want to help others become passionate, we pay attention to the individuality within each person, right? And so if I know that this person is playing guitar, I, hey, I want you to listen to this guitar solo from this really talented guitarist versus you, keyboard, track 13, pay attention. Like, you know what I mean? There's just that individuality, and I think it's big. I think that's a really integral piece to his um, teaching style, if you will, pedagogy. You were a teaching, you were a teaching fellow for— I was. And it's a, but— Ideally, in this is that's this not is, part of your it, password, is it? Teaching it, fellow, that's that is my password. I'm if you have capital T, if you have the time and the resources, so because you can't make the assumption when we're talking about teachers, right? You can't make the assumption that everyone's got the time or the resources to be able to individualize their programming <laughs> like that. If no. you do, though, we see the strength in, in this moment. Yes, that is true. You should not be basing your curriculum off of School of Rock. But but no. like but I think that idea holds true when you can find way to to individualize these ways for people to to feel good about what they're learning. Living into that's pretty important. Yeah, I agree. Let's pay teachers more. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't know how to do that right now. I I I I need to pay myself. That'd be great. Stimulus check? Anyone? I think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, stimulus check. This is a side note because it came up today as we're yeah, recording this. Six hundred. Someone was six hundred dollars, and then there was an article that was put out by CNBC that was like, "Here's what our advisors suggest you do with your six hundred dollars." Trash. And it's essentially you're just like, if you don't need it to survive, then you should invest it, and in a year you'll have six hundred and thirty dollars. And you're like, get out of here! Yeah, I hate you. How dare like, you? Yeah. Yeah, rough. It's there's a there's a lack of understanding. That's gonna pay my rent if I get it. And that's the other thing, right? Like, <laughs> hey, we know that your landlords are gonna kick you out in six months when we finally allow them to do that because they've been trying to backcharge you this yeah. entire time. But here's six hundred dollars so that you can pay for a quarter of what you owed them on your way out. Isn't that great? Yeah. So 
I have a question. Max was about to say something as we let oh, him well, that, Max. and I cut him off Sorry. with the $600, and so I, I want to let him go. Well, I was just, I think we, this is a movie that allows us to jump around and attack it from a few different directions. So true. What does it say about Dewey Finn that he's completely disinterested in teaching until he sees a connection to something he's passionate about? How, where does that question. sit with us? I think that that plays into to work regard like there's moments of i didn't know that this was a job i didn't know that this was a thing until i realized that this was a possibility or something that i enjoyed um so i think that i think that is a very common feeling of like i this can be something you get paid to do i didn't know that we didn't we didn't have that laying you know laid out for us I think until you have those opportunities to learn that, which is why it's important to give people those opportunities over time uh, and have varied learning experiences. Um, but I think that that's something that you're happy that he gets that moment. You're happy that he understands that, like, oh, I, this is something I can be passionate about. On the other end, I think there's times where on a workforce ends, we only rely on passion. You're super passionate about working in this industry. Great. Because you're passionate, I'm going to take advantage of that passion because yep. you're going to do it for a little less money because it's something you really want to do. I'm mm -hmm. not going to pay you as much. And then eventually people get to points where they're like, I want to do this because I'm passionate about it. I can't because I need to survive. And I know that's, that's when like. people jump into being a cog in a machine or well, this whole idea. Jobs. It's probably not where you wanted it to go, but that's those both those feelings came up for me. I find it interesting that the, the concept of this of rock music is the concept of sticking it to the man. And it reminds me of, there's a, a book that we've referenced before, but the, it's called Crucial Accountability. And in Crucial Accountability, they call it the law of the hog. And the short story evolving that is there's a, a company that involves wood and the wood chipper they call the hog. And what happens is anytime the up, higher ups do something to make the employees angry, what the employees would do would they would feed the hog with not bad wood, but with good wood that they had already like sawed off and turned into like planks and plywood and things lumber. like that. Lumber. Yeah. They would, they would thrash their inventory. Exactly. In order to hurt the higher ups. Yep. Right. In order to hurt the bottom line. And it's called the law of the hog in which no matter what industry you're working in, if that people are not treated fairly, they will do something to sabotage. Right. And that can equate to, you know, taking longer breaks. It can equate to doing all kinds of different things and like sticking it to the man is what I kind of perceived that to be. Right. And they all have these ways in which they want to stick it to the man. And what they're doing is like, it's interesting that all of what they're doing is rooted in, in that concept. And I find that to be an interesting source for passion and so it's it's just i worry about how we source it it turned out like i guess i was gonna say it turned out okay but he did you know seriously manipulate these children and do lots of not it's not great moral of the story is like he ended up at the end having a successful business uh after school site in which he's teaching and doing the things that he was doing and i just think that how do we source our happiness or our passion and how do we question the source of it? I think that's something that I'm interested in having a question around. What do y'all, what, I, that was me a lot. What do y'all think? Hmm? 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 I feel like it's a tough, I feel like it's a tough concept, right? Because I think for us, we sit there and say, live into your values. What are your values? If ideally your values aren't 
hurting or harming someone else. It's tough to say. Uh, punk rock, rock and roll music comes from this idea of the oppressed voicing their emotions and feelings. You have a tough time saying, don't react, don't respond with with anger or being upset or finding a way to to reclaim something especially from an oppressive force and so that's it's a tough question to tell people or to feel like that shouldn't be motivation or that you shouldn't have a passion around that which i don't think that's not what you said um but i think that that's it's that's a hard question to ask because i think there are people who have a passion for not so much i'm doing this to stick it to the man i'm doing this to uplift the people that the man is hurting if that makes but sense. But I think those two things are very different. I also Correct. want, like, yes, the lessons that we saw were the, the stick it to the man lessons, which to me is like a very punk rock lesson. But when we see them perform at the Battle of the Bands, that is not punk rock. I mean, that is a crisp sounding, like, that is not, what when I think of punk rock, I think of, like, grungy, like, not every, not the rhythm isn't necessarily consistent. Like, the the song that they play is crisp and, like, really well put together, which leads me to believe that, yes, Stick It to the Man is one of the lessons that Dewey Finn teaches, and it's the one that was represented in this documentary. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking he's teaching a lot of lessons that are not just about sticking it to the man. In Rock and Roll's Evolved, it's about subverting expectations from one to the next, and I think it is the man is asking us to behave one way, we're going to behave differently, whether that's punk rock or classic rock. Like whether that's Elvis Presley shaking his hips and making TV producers upset, um, or whether that's you know, Guar in Richmond, Virginia, you know, spitting blood onto the audience, right? So like, I, that's I think that it's always been about pushing boundaries and again just subverting expectations. Yeah, I lost the thread on that. I find it so like I, I think. I'm connecting it because there's this moment with Zach, right? So Zach is the guitar player. Zach Mooneyham. Yes. So so do we see Zach isn't like he's not into it. He's not passionate about it. Like and at least early on. And Dewey recognizes that Zach is not passionate, right? And I and I'm I think my original question when I wrote this down was why and how does he notice that Zach isn't passionate? My answer is that because Jack Black is so fast and, like passionate about this. All of a sudden, he because he know what it, he knows what it looks like to be passionate, he can now recognize what it looks like to not be. And so does that experience of passion allow you to be better have a better lens on what passion looks like in others? That's one question. But two, what gets Zach bought in is this lesson of stick it to the man. Right, because we find out that he is having troubles with his father, who is like saying, "You can't do this. Like, like you have to do all of these things." Clearly, like a, a not great uh, parenting, in my humble opinion. Um, but so it's just one of those things where, like, there's this depth of passion that allows you to see passion in others, or rather, a lack thereof. But then also, that was a very motivational thing for him because it gave him the creativity to speak aloud his feelings right and so that became a very freeing thing for zach i thought so yeah i don't know i'm i'm 
on a soapbox, I guess. Well, I think it, like that lesson was great, but like I think it speaks to Jack Black's, Dewey Finn's ability to create a safe place to be express your honest feelings and be willing to stick it to the man. One of the other big lessons that he said was like, right now I am the man, and like I want you to let you know that like you can stick it to me right now. And so, like, we get... You're wh- tacky and I hate you. You're tacky and I hate you. <laughs> you're, you're a joke. You're the worst teacher I've ever had. Like, we get all... And, and Jack Black is like, okay, good job. <laughs> like, except, see me after class. <laughs> <laughs> you see me after class. But, but like, I think that that goes with that is... Uh, y'all have talked a lot about uh, creating safe spaces to express emotion. And I think Jack Black, Dewey Finn does that really well in, in his lesson planning. Well, Zach Mooneyham has to feel seen in that moment, right? Like he has to feel seen in this way of my teacher noticed me and, and took, and took time to, to well, connect with me. There was me a clear under, trajectory there. Like, like, Oh, who are you sticking it to? I don't want to do chores. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do homework. I don't want to do chores. I don't like bullies. And that was clearly like, Oh, you bullies get out of my way. Cause now I'm really ticked off. Because all of those things are what Zach is experiencing. The problem is the bully is his father. Right. Which is so real. It's so real. And it's, it's tragic. And it's just one of those things where I'm just like, music is important y'all well and how cool is it that like zach mooneyham is just like a really mature kid because like after that lesson he approaches how old are you 10 well <laughs> he approaches dewey finn at lunch is like hey mr s that was a really cool lesson today how many times did you say that directly to your teacher never not once never right and i know this is movie and it's hollywood and it probably i don't know if the real zach mooneyham uh would have ever done anything like that uh, but I think like it does, it is really cool to see, like, th- I think that is a big moment of establishing like credibility and self-confidence in Dewey Finn. That's like, Oh man, what I'm doing is like actually like making a difference and like being helping these kids. And I think I've touched these kids and they've touched me, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a bit off color. Phrasing. Um, not, yeah. We're not doing phrasing anymore. Mm, yeah. Um, funny thing is I wrote, before like, literally what i wrote dewey before police praises the kids it's really touching and then i wrote oof touching comments a bit off color <laughs> um because yeah. like it was really touching you could like there was he had developed a through his passion of music and teaching them he developed a passion for those kids mm-hmm. right and i think that's really awesome that's beautiful he should not have taken them to battle the bands. He should, uh, there he should, he not, should have not have, have done any like, of yep, this. This right. movie shouldn't exist. Don't do this. <laughs> I love this movie. I'm glad it exists. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like this is not okay can we, in any way. Can we switch over to Principal Mullins for a second? Well, I, Horace Green's yeah. onboarding must be terrible, or like uh, terrible. Like they're they clearly did not do. I. It's interesting to me that you would call a sub that you haven't ever met before. And then be like, can you work for the next four months? Not ask for any form of, like, proof of identification. If they're going to pay him, it should have required uh, two forms of government ID. As a... As a well, and then also this. when he admits to, um, did it on a county level, right? Well, what what happens is when he admits to fraud, and then just like the, the next state. scene, he's back at home, like, and they're like, I don't have anything to say to you, and he's like, just eating out of Tupperware, like, why didn't he get arrested in that moment? The county has all of your stuff. So when I went to be a teacher, I got all like I had, hey, here's my stuff, and I submitted that to the county, right, right, and so whenever I got assigned to a school as a sub. I, they never 
like I just said, but I, you were I background said, checked here. by the county, and yeah. that's how they had your information so to call was, you. So was Ned. They called yeah. Ned. Yeah. If but it's a private school. They're an individual sector. I'm just saying that I don't think this is. I think, I think they missed the boat. I think it's possible. Their risk policies certainly should have changed after this. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> right. Like this, again, I'm saying this is possible. I'm saying it shouldn't happen, and I'm saying it's possible. So let's is talk about Is it possible that there would have been no repercussions, though, after it was no, all found that, out? That would, that would, no. There would have been <laughs> repercussions, was, yeah. He pretended to be someone else and was paid for it for three months, probably? And then, like, just got, get, got to keep living his life and, like, become the director of an after-school program. With the real, with, with the, the red, with near, the trust of all of the, <laughs> and the real Ned Schneebly was also like the assistant counselor. So what I'm really learning is that in order to be successful at what I want to do, I need to infiltrate a private school and get all of the rich money, so mm-hmm. that I can then get have a, a full on studio of people who are from the private school. I'd say one big rule of thumb from this movie is if you ever want to be successful, just pretend to be somebody you're not. Yeah, that's what passion does, right? exploit people yeah that's capitalism exactly um i am passionate about exploitation (laughs) no principal mullins this idea of god that was a long time ago you said that yeah i felt fine with it joan cusack yes this idea of she felt this need it seemed to me that she feels this need to kind of hide her passions hide her authentic self to be professional. To be professional. To mm. be the best. To be the best. And people people liked her more approachable side and singing mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks' side. And they had fun at the party with her when she did that. And I'm not saying that that's what, how you behave all the time. But she felt this need to, to hide her passions and hide the things that she was really – that were important to her under the guise of this is what I have to do to, to run this school. Um, and – I think that's a very real feeling. I think that's a very real feeling of I can't. I've got to hide parts of me. I've got to hide parts that are excited that I'm excited about. Oh, absolutely. To be a part of the workforce, to be accepted in the workforce, or to be accepted by customers or parents or anything else. And hundred um, percent. I just it's it. I don't know if I have a question or if it was just that that was a real big well here's a moment. Here's a me. here's another question that relates to each of us. I think I've heard people say to each of us. <laughs> I love that you are so genuinely yourself. Mm-hmm. You are so willing to be yourself. You are, and I think I've heard each of us say like that is actually a really annoying <laughs> quotations compliment to receive. Uh, and do you th- like? I wonder if like, are we doing things right and everybody else is doing things wrong that they're not willing to be so genuinely themselves? Not that we're. I, that sounds not, a little braggy. Judgment, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like. Uh, what what does that say? Like, it, why is it that the expectations seem to be like, no, I have to hide a little bit of myself whether I'm when I'm working as a professional. Well, it's shame. It's 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 this idea of shame of I'm not going to be perceived as good enough. I'm not going to be good enough if I can't do these things or behave this way. And this was the way that was taught for me. This is the way that I learned it. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not good enough. And I think that that's where I think it kind of stems from that those moments. We see Jack Black be his authentic self, Dewey Finn be their authentic self, with the exception of Let's their name. Let's be real. I think it's Jack Black's authentic self. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is his character in everything. I think that's why it's, it ended up being so, when I think that speaks to him. He got to be so, uh, something, a character that he was passionate about in himself, and that's why this movie was wildly successful. 
What's the most Jack Black moment of this movie? Him uh, acapelling his song. Yes, 100%. Um, tongue in the teeth. Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips. Yeah. <laughs> Chimes, Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you know that was just a, him riffing, right? And then, <laughs> like, you know, I feel like it was a very Moses. Like, just and then there's uh, there's smoke. That's dry ice, Marco. We're gonna talk about that later. Um, and so I think that that's just a moment where it's it's. I think that's just unapologetically Jack Black in that moment, and one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. I think sneaky top Jack Black moment is when he is spying on the music class and sees Zach playing the guitar, and he does the eyebrows. Yeah, it's like I don't. How does he do that? That is classic Jack Black, though. And then is this just the, sprints out to get all the guitars? The eyebrow acting. Yeah, it's good. I'm a big fan. Um. Oh, I forgot where I was going. We're go talking next. about Principal Mullins and this idea of expectations yeah, 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 yeah. and the and hiding. So, you your know what passions. this reminds me of? It reminds me of um, in the Gifts of Imperfection. Brene Brown talks about the. Have you heard of her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a researcher, storyteller. Uh, wrote several books. Highly recommend two TED Talks, not one, but two. Anyway, a couple of Netflix um, specials at this point. Yeah, that's true. I forgot to mention. I got to work that in. What? Like bit. it's hard. <laughs> Fair. Um, anyway, in she talks about coming out. When's your Netflix special coming out? Any day now. <laughs> we have to... I'm getting engaged and getting a Netflix special. Any day now. That's the inside joke that I don't think we've ever expressed on this podcast. Sure haven't. <laughs> well, now you're in on it, patrons. <laughs> um, but she talks about how we have to let go of our need to fit in and our need to be cool and instead embrace laughing, dancing, and singing yeah right and so what she does is she does this activity where uh she sings a song that everybody knows and then everybody starts singing and then she starts dancing they start she says all right let's do it again and this time i want you to dance and everybody dances and then she asks what position would you take if i said i want you to look cool and what everybody does is they shrink so the more open and the more open and the more authentic we are our literally our body is more open and bigger. We are occupying more space. And what happens is when we when we see cool, we shrink. We cross our arms, we we you know, like uh, lean back and assume the we put our hands in our pockets. There's like all kinds of different positions that people assume. And what that does is it shows us that being cool and trying to act cool, or another way to phrase it, trying to fit in, is like wearing a straight jacket, an emotional straight jacket. Is it possible that Brene Brown stole this hypothesis from the dialogue between Lawrence and Dewey Finn when Lawrence is like, I'm not cool enough. And then Dewey Finn is like, of course you're cool. Like all you have to do is be in a band. You have to laugh. You have to sing. You have to dance while being in a band and you'll automatically be more cool. No, I think she directly riffed it from this. Mm. 100%. You're the bee's knees. The yeah. bee's knees. Not sure if Gifts of Imperfection came out before this or not, but... Um, it just had its 10-year anniversary, right? It did. School of Rock came out much earlier. Oh, so then she totally riffed it from this. That's... that. Boom. You heard it here first, folks. We should tweet at her. Can't believe you stole that Can't from Jack Black. Can't believe you stole it from Jack Black. <laughs> Mike White. <laughs> Survivors Mike White. And Lawrence. Totally, 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 totally. What else? Passion. Cool, 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 yeah, cool. I, th- honestly, those were the... I've, I think we've hit on the big ones for me. 
Well, I, I love the moment in the, the end of the movie after it is announced. What are you doing? I have, I'm holding up a two. I have two things. Oh, great. Well, after it's announced at the Battle of the Bands that the School of Rock did not win, instead it was no vacancy, and we finally Ooh. see Spider. we finally <laughs> see Jack Black kind of get away from the lesson that he's been teaching this whole time of like it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. It's all about like the passion. It's all about this and that. But like the moment of no vacancy winning, and Jack Black gets down on himself. And he's like, what? Did, like. There, all the kids are like have to then reteach him the lesson that he's been teaching them. That I watched that movie today. I teared up a little bit when they were like, "No, it's fine. Like it's fine. Like we did, we did great. We had a lot of fun. Like and that's what matters. We we played our song, and that that's what you've told us that we should be caring about in this moment. So I th- I, I I just think that it's really cool and really shows that like it's not just being. As I was the kind of the point I was making earlier, it's not just being passionate, but about passing that passion along to others and inspiring others to figure out what they're passionate about too. I think a metaphor for that is crowd surfing, right? So Jack Black at the beginning of the movie tries to crowd surf, face plants on the ground. Then at the end of the movie, he crowd surfs and is well received, right? And is like, no, take me back. And so eventually what happens is I think that's really interesting because passion without recognition of passion in others, like he just jumps and just assumes they're going to catch him, right? But I think because of his progression of working with these kids and learning to recognize a lack of passion and seeing passion in them allows him to look out at this audience and recognize that they're going to catch him when he when he goes out there. And I, I think that's partly because of his developed passion meter, if you will, um, that's a little bit of a headcanon. That's my guess, but I'm, th- I'm throwing it out there. It's a great moment. Yeah. It's a great moment. It's cool. It's cool. Being a principal is cool. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It, yeah. is, it, is, Cusack cool. And it is cool. Spider. Yeah. The spider and Mullins moment. Wow. I want that leather top. Just, <laughs> like, just, why does that exist? Just the arms. Like, why does that exist? I'd watch a, not a sequel, but a spinoff of the life that, uh, Mullins and, and Spider have together. Have together. I'd watch that. I might start writing that. Actually, that's a good fanfic. I'm excited. Not a fanfic. You talking about like television series, ten episodes? Just, just a spinoff. Four episode limited series. No, we'll make a movie. Gotcha. Six seasons in a movie. What is that? Community. <laughs> the yeah. other thing I'm interested in is uh, talking about summer for a hot minute. Um, Miranda Cosgrove. That's right. Factoter. <laughs> this was the is a factotum a real thing in a classroom? Yeah, well, it's I I don't know if it's a real thing in a classroom. It's a real thing. Factotum's a thing. As class factotum, but it's typically like <laughs> the it's typically an understanding of like the gopher. It's just the the go to person to you know get take stuff. role. Yeah, yeah. You take role. You go get the papers. You go get the chalk. Huh. Which seems like something she. My got. classrooms never had those. Mm-mm. So you had, you had door holders and you know, line, I have line a question about and... summer. It's the one between spring and fall. <laughs> yeah. So how do we feel about? It's this, not a good joke, but it's this, a good joke. Like that was this moment with the demerits and the gold stars. You see the kids get down on demerits. Like you see, they're like, "That's a demerit." Those are demerits. Yeah. So how do you feel about? A public display display of gold stars and demerits. Gold stars, sure. Mm. No, because then it's still it's still like a like, competition, right? Like yeah. it, it just it should. 
We do beads and stuff like that at summer day camp. Well, what about like in sports? One the stickers that on the football Pride helmets. stickers, yeah. I I have questions. I don't think public specifically the demerits. Absolutely not. I 100% agree that there should be no demerits. I, I think am... incentivizing with positive behavior, just because you have three stars or ten stars. If there's a the and the person at the end who has the most, you know, gets a prize, then it becomes can be challenging. But if yeah. it's a but if it's a, hey, we're just we're celebrating success here, and each star is so a success. I'm worried, and here's why I'm asking this and posing this, is I'm worried that what it's developing within these children is becoming passionate about achievement mm-hmm. rather than passionate about learning or the subject matter or whatever they're like actually trying to teach. I think it right? depends on what you're giving out the stars for, right? Does Summer sure. ever break that? Like, does she ever learn not to be passionate about achievement? Right. In this movie, uh, I don't know that I wrote anything down about it, but like I, so that's what I, I feel like she's passionate about achieving rather than about anything about else, the learning right? process, yeah. about the growing. So I just I I worry about systems that teach like c- that are com- com- uh, competitive, right? Contest is really useful and helpful, but competition often is more detrimental than it is helpful right and i think again it's, it depends on what you're celebrating what the rewards are what like how are we doing those things you have to be intentional about that and something i'm very aware of when we're working with with youth programming mm-hmm. is this idea of what earns one ch- child a bead isn't necessarily what earns another child a bead you are individualizing what people need at a given point so these incentives have to be individualized to if we're going to instill this idea of we're celebrating your growth, we're celebrating your curiosity, we're celebrating your positive behaviors, we're not celebrating only kids who get a 90 or above, right? Like that's different. That's not, that's not what we're doing. And so I think that that's, depending on what you're rewarding those gold stars for, I think is very important. So I just I just wanted to bring attention to that. For sure. I, I think that often we can think we are doing a good thing and have good intentions, and also be teaching achievement instead of actual things. Yeah, you have to question processes that are there. Yeah, I think we should question processes. That's my thing. Question things. I like it. Passionate about doing that. I have. I'm passionate about questioning things. What else? Anything? Would you call that curiosity? I I, th- I think it involves curiosity. I don't know if it. Yeah, sure, sure. Why not? Cool, cool, cool. Anything else? Going once, going twice. Sarah Silverman. Going thrice. Well, you you want to talk about Sarah Silverman? Let's break down Sarah Silverman in this movie. She performs her character very well. It, what is she passionate about? Tattletailing. Shaming is, people? All right, is that tattletaling? Literally. Uh, no, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Shaming people? Is that what she's passionate about? She does early on, right? So and uh, here's the deal. The problem but she's with this... protecting a group of kids who, w- with an adult who should not have been teaching them. I'm not just talking about that. Like, just the entire movie, she's just sh- shaming Dewey Finn and everything that... The problem with this is, I, and this is one of the reasons I find this movie somewhat problematic, is that her character is right about like everything that she says and like all the things that she's saying are important and necessary and she's right and like yes they should have called the cops like all the things that happened she was right and they intentionally made her do it so 
poorly to where to the point where it cre- it creates this understanding this stereotype this concept of the woman who is the shrill woman the shrill woman right. and like that really just the fact that it's so the trope exists. archetypal yeah. of a tr- of that trope is just makes me not love how it was done so yeah i just like it, it's icky it makes me feel icky and then what about the parents reactions to seeing their kids playing that final show i do love that moment yeah, yes and <laughs> like <laughs> correct yes and their kids <laughs> like they should see how passionate their kids are correct. they should see that and they do right they they are talented they yeah. have talent how like they they just like wow your son's very talented <laughs> thank you my yours too right and so it's just it's like yes they should have been given the opportunity to see their kids do these things and they should have been able to do that without them having to be kidnapped Sure. Yeah, put at risk by the school that hired this person without actually checking to make sure they were who they were. The, the, to get to the Battle of the Bands, they basically kidnapped Dewey. You can't consent to be, like, that's, no. No, no. Dewey says, this is so punk rock. No, Dewey should have said, you have to go back home now. Oh, Dewey should have done a lot of things. This is so, not, like, this like, is not like, okay. Like, like, um, no, they kidnapped Dewey. That's, that's not how it works. Which is why it was 12. all okay in the end. <laughs> it's like it's they canceled each other. How'd out. they get the bus there? So more, they had a driver. They they said, that's "Where's right. the, the driver?" Says, "Where's Mister Schneebly?" And then Summer works her magic. She said, like, "Oh, we're picking him up at his house." You didn't know we're picking him up at his yeah. house. Moral of the story is we will part. never be able to address all the problems that are in this movie. So we're not. And so we're just going to be. I don't. That is also <laughs> not. A, that is not <laughs> necessarily like... the lesson. There's just so many problems. So we're going to ignore them. <laughs> we are in, like we recognize that we will not be able to. And so we are just naming that and saying that we are not able to address all of these things in a reasonable amount of time. And so we're calling out a few of them. We recognize there are others. And if I continue to call him out, Max is going to get mad again. So that's not true. What are we? What about the role of a turkey sub in this movie? <laughs> is this the one that's in the desk? Is that the one you're referring to? Is there another one? Is there another one? Well, he calls to make a turkey sub, which is oh, I, I missed that. Okay. Well, yeah, I was more referring. I mean, we've already talked about nicknames. He and ate. Fancy pants he just and... like dove into a sandwich that had been half eaten and just like. I think eating. it was a full sandwich, wasn't it? No, there was a I, bite. I missing. would call it like a six inch. It was like a six inch sub. I would say it was an eight inch. It was at least sub. cut in half. What kind of bread was it on? Looks, uh, I w- it looked like it was white. It was like a sub. No, like an Italian roll yeah. type yeah, of yeah, sitch. Yeah, yeah, with a huge bite taken out of it. Clearly, like she snacked on partly it. eaten, no. and he just goes for it. This is not his best moment. Hungover, Mister Schneebly, Dewey. Doesn't that mean you're drunk? You it means I was drunk these. yesterday. <laughs> what is? Uh, I'm hungover and I've got the runs. I believe yeah, is a line. Yep. And then he wants to eat with the runs. Is this what we're supposed to be talking about? No. All right. I get easily distracted by turkey sandwiches. I think that's what I'm passionate about. Also, I, it's worth talking about. This Limited is this passion? is this is the same girl who is has expressed some body positivity issues who has made the conscious choice to only eat one bite of her turkey sandwich. And like I think that is a an example of her being conscious of yeah, like self-conscious of the body. Yeah. Is she didn't eat her turkey sandwich. 
Yeah. I don't. What What does it all mean, Ben? I. Oh, oh, why are you asking me? I don't have the answer. Me neither. I don't have the expertise to be able to speak on it, but food consumption and your body are they're separate things, and it, I'm not the expert to talk on this, and so, but. Maybe we'll have someone who is that expert on yeah. love yourself for who you are. That is, I, I can say that. I feel yeah. comfortable saying that. You are beautiful. Yep. <laughs> Which is a Christina Aguilera song. And when Jack beautiful. Black asks uh, who are some artists that they like are inspired by, the first answer is Christina Aguilera. I, I feel like you... I'm in a Christina Aguilera lyric. I don't know that reference. It's a Shit's Creek reference. So good. Can we say that on here? It's the name. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Stop acting like a disgruntled pelican, Max. I don't remember that line. <laughs> I just I need to watch it just to Moira's though. We should definitely do a Shit's Creek I Max's think choice. Alexis is my favorite character. Oh, I love Alexis. Alexis is great. I think she's just like the Just a little bit of Alexis. Mm. Ew, David. <laughs> this I mean, is so great. <laughs> Okay. It's a wonderful show. Uh, we should definitely do that for, so, for one of these episodes. Uh, pa- pa- passion? Anyone? Yeah. Any more passion? I think we're ready to We'll take a quick break and jump into devotion. Max, you got anything? Uh, not at this time. All right, Good we'll a, answer. We'll take a quick break, and we will be right back. back gonna jump into our devotion for school of rock and in the ancient times we did a little devotion fog yeah dry ice marco we'll talk about that later don't forget the chimes <laughs> oh hawaii 5-0 jack black making mouth sounds he's, he's so good how is he so good at that and then the singers come in and they're not hardcore and they're not hardcore until you live hardcore all right devotion time we got a we got an element of fire is ed helms a poor man's jack black I don't know who that is. Or is andy andy bernard andy bernard is 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 kind of doing a jack black i don't know if that's an ed helms thing the office ben is a character in the office cool i still don't know who it is um so Here's fire, yeah, fire, passion, setting an intention, yeah, around fire. I think that this match well. I think that when you are fired up about something, it's it's something that you are passionate about, right? How do we spell that? F U. Yeah, not really. Not really. We should pick that. Uh, we might do that one at some point. Choice. Also problematic. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we'll talk about them all. Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna dive into my fire and my devotion. Uh, so I think that being passionate about something it allows you to be fiery about something and also to live to your values. Mm. Um, and I think that one thing that I have caught myself being guilty of is uh, is living into other people's expectations or or like living into other people's values as a way of like pleasing them or mm. or something like that and one thing that i've heard from people time and time again is that 
no, Max, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Like you seem to have some positive attributes and you should probably be confident in those. So I think good at being you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's not where I was going with that uh, about me being me, but just like me trusting that my values are something that I can be passionate about and to Mm. not allow myself to sink into somebody else's values or uh, whether that's at work or while I'm with my friends or hanging out with my family, I think it's a good reminder to be confident in my own values and to not be over antsy, fire antsy, even if you will, to live into another person's values just because I'm trying to impress them or do what they think is cool. I love it. I think that's great, Max. Thank you. Chen Chai, Thank you for you? the opportunity. I think for me, thinking on passion, I we're around the holiday time. It has been a long year, <laughs> um, and to just be honest, I'm I'm tired. Um, and I think that it's important to recognize that just because we're passionate about the things we do and have a passion for the things that we do, doesn't mean that you still don't need breaks from the things that you're passionate about, um, or that you don't need to still take time to rest, um, per chance of burning out and so i think for me my intention this week is uh even with the things that i love um i want to take intentional time for rest and take time to just um relax there are a lot of things i'm passionate about there are a lot of things that i'm doing but i need time to just to rest refuel so so you can light your fire brighter yep exactly that exactly that no nailed it that's mine (laughs) happy to provide that for you um so for me, I, we, I, mm, so I used to work at summer camp and what one of, <laughs> me our, too. one of our main lessons, uh, we, we received lots of lessons, but one of our, uh, lessons that stuck with us was this concept of boiling point, right? And so the boiling point of water is 212 degrees Fahrenheit and water is not boiling at 211 right? And so the difference between boiling and not boiling is one degree, which is really unfortunate because (laughs) like it's really hard to get all the way up to 211, but really you start to get something at 212 and that's where you get boiling and that's where you get it. And so in order to be... where you make steam and that's that's what powers a locomotive. Right? And so it's one of those things where in order to power the locomotive, you got to get to at least 212. And the locomotive is really big. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's huge it's a giant train it's made of metal it's hard to move and so when i think about passion i think that often we have a responsibility to when we are quote on we need to be at 212 right like because 211 doesn't cut it but the the problem with that is we also need to rest and so for me what i need to, what i'm really interested in doing is setting boundaries so that I can be not at 212 and feel okay. And then there are times when like, this is my, this is my time to be on. I'm going to be at 212 right now, but then I'm not, and I'm going to be okay with it because what happens for me is that I get lost in this mired of like, I need to keep on heating and keep on. And I'm just like, I cannot, I cannot do it. Right. So for me, it's how do I, realize when I need to be on and when I don't and how do I set better boundaries around around that that's that's really what I want to set some clarity around between now and 
in this this coming new year. And it's so tough because you can't speak to it, how people rest, how people set those boundaries. It's tough. It, that's an individual process. Yeah, um, it is. But because but what I'm guilty of sometimes is this idea of I've been running at two twelve. No, I am resting. I'm I'm running at two oh five now. Yeah, I'm running at one fifty. And the reality is. My guy, you gotta, you gotta turn you gotta, off the burner. You gotta go to yeah. You gotta simmer. Like you yeah. gotta take it to either zero or or fifteen. I run like, at a typical ninety-seven point six. Is my body temperature? We need to run down to ninety-seven point six. Right, like that's <laughs> like, like that. And, that is where I need to be resting. And so I think that that's the tough part because sometimes we, you know, it's 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 a comparative rest. No, I'm not doing as much as I typically do. And the reality is like, no, you just need to turn off for a little bit. Like you just need to. It is okay. It is okay to turn to turn off. off. But it's also okay to to understand that some people do rest at one fifty. Yes. And and that if that is what they need, then that is okay. Yeah. Um. Listen to people. Trust them when they say something. Right. And help them if they ask for it. Absolutely. Gratitude. Right. Gratitude. Gratitude. Y'all. It was an easy choice for me. I I picked mine pretty quick too. I'm same. I'm picking Billy. I love Billy. And it, and he goes to that moment. You know of why? The, because you're tacky and I hate you. Yeah. The agency he has to sit there and say, I want to be the band stylist. And the confidence to understand that he didn't care if about any norms that go with that or understand like that's what he wanted to do. And I just appreciate that agency in him, and I appreciate his passion, and I'm glad. That was a moment I really love. And again, extra kudos to to, to Dewey. To Jack Black playing Dewey Finn playing Ned <laughs> Schneebly. Yeah. Of being like, absolutely, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I love that moment, and I it's one that I, I, I really said, I appreciate. Mean, I'll go next because it really kind of hops on that train in terms of, like, so... I picked Tamika for this, a very similar reason. Like she is shy and she is worried and all kinds of things. And she has the courage to speak about what she wants. And she has the courage to, ask, especially an authority figure, right? She has the courage to go up to this teacher and, and ask her, ask him for what she wants. And I think that's really beautiful because like, I just want to thank her for showing us what it looks like to ask for what we want, because I don't do it enough. I'm always like, I would be better at doing this, but like I got assigned here and but it's like, Ugh. and thank you for showing me what it looks like to just go up to your teacher and ask. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I say that all the time, ask her what you want, ask for help. It's what we should do. Well, and then I'm just so bad at modeling it. So thank you for, again, for helping me reevaluate my need to ask for help sometimes. I'm going to go with a different background singer. I'm going to go with Marta. There are Marta. two there are two Marta moments that I want to point out to tomorrow, point out that I am grateful tomorrow. for. The first one is when uh, Miss Mullins sits in on one of Dewey Finn's lessons lesson plans when he's singing the the math song. <laughs> math is wonderful. Marta is the one who like corrects him. corrects it's him nice. but like does so like no. Sing song. Yeah. It's nine. Like gives gives Dewey Finn grace to, while also establishing credibility of no, this lesson plan is still working because, so no, it's nine, and I, I really like that moment and I'm grateful for that moment. I was just testing you. 
Yeah, and then the other moment is at the during the end credits when they are in Dewey Finn's. <laughs> I hope y'all watch the full credits because it's good. And the whole thing's wonderful. They're in Dewey Finn's advanced rockers music lesson, and Marta is doing her little solo, and she's kind of breaking the fourth wall in this moment and being like, "The movie's almost over, but we're still on screen." Uh, why are you still here? Like she's talking to the audience at this point. And I just really like that. Like whoever that actress is, is like had that versatility to be like, I'm going to be Marta, but I'm also going to be like a person like break that fourth wall, recognizing that this is a movie and how fun and fun that is. So good job, Marta. Mm. Yeah, we did it. Another episode of Max's Choice in the Books. I am passionate about this podcast. And a new one coming up next month. What we're will doing, it be? You'll find out. We're doing another one? Every month, Max. This happens every month. Mm. Has it, though? That's why we are, we are getting better organized on our end, so that it happens every month. You know what? Another Marta that I'm grateful for is Atlanta's public transit system. I'm very excited that you've all joined us for Bending Not Breaking. This has been Ben Pruitt. This is Sunshine. I'm Ben. Nope. I'm Max Gongaware. And thank you for listening. Nailed it. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>